Well, good afternoon and thanks once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show for you lined up with Business, the Law and You. But later in the program, we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one, lead confidently when you aren't feeling confident. An interesting point there, isn't it? And we're also going to have a chat with Christina, who has been to a Top Shots uh, breakfast this morning. So she's going to give us a summary of what some of the uh, speakers spoke about there. But right now we're going to pop over to Chartered Accountant Tony Vidray and continue on with our confusion over the tax measures. Good afternoon, Tony. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So you were exactly right last month, so we're going to continue on with that. <laughs> How good was that prophecy last month? Now, <laughs> now for those who didn't tune in, we, we spoke about the, the confusion about all the corporate tax rates and how the Libs had lost uh, you know, the, the Super Saturday by-elections and... Uh, what was it, within a few days or within a week, um, there was the, the leadership spill. And here we, you know, here we are as accountants trying to figure out um, you know, what tax rate we're supposed to apply to all of these companies and small businesses for the June 18 year. Um, so, yeah, imagine my surprise. I read an article about a fortnight ago and I thought we'd better talk about it um, today. The, the uncertainty that hangs over... Um, the Australian business community at the moment is is quite appalling. Mm. Um, there are a lot of measures that have been announced, um, but they haven't been legislated yet. And and these lovely politicians that uh, we vote in and our public monies uh, go towards paying, they're supposed to to do their job. We would hope that they would do their job, and when they have a sitting of parliament, that they would actually sit down mm. and look at some of these things and pass legislation. No, they're too busy trying to trying to fight and argue and bicker amongst themselves and. And uh, and secure their their own futures and their own um, jobs instead of actually getting on with the yeah. the business of actually running the country. So so here here's a summary. That there's four big ones that are still um, that, are, that are out there, that, but that hasn't been legislated yet. And one of them is we spoke about it last month. The, the corporate um, tax cut. Something tells me that um, it's going to be frozen in time now. So mm, I think yeah. we're going to get stuck with this regime that we have 27.5 percent. Uh, for your small businesses um, and uh, 30% for your larger ones. So I think that I don't think that's going to change. Gonna I think change yeah. big, no, I think they've got bigger issues on their hands now, so I, I can't see them um, changing that. But the one that the one that's really annoying for a lot of people is, um, and we ha- I don't think we've spoken about it, you and I, but there's a superannuation guarantee amnesty at the moment um, for businesses that have not paid their employees um, super. Now this is a you know the bane of employees mm. and it's the bane of the governments where where um, you know the nine and a half percent is supposed to be sent off to a super fund. So the government announced about three months ago that there was a 12-month amnesty. So if you come forward, you do the right thing, um, catch up on all your super payments. Not only will that would they not fine you, but you also get a tax deduction for the super contributions yes, yeah. that you yeah that you pay. Whereas at the moment, if you um, if, if you don't pay your super and you get end up paying the super guarantee charge, which essentially is a penalty, you don't get a tax deduction for it. So there's this, you know, it's a quite a good amnesty. It's mm, very generous. Mm, it's over mm. 12 months. But, of course, that has not been legislated yet. So, so again, there are some people who are going, well, should I come forward? What if they don't <laughs> um, legislate? And then they turn, the ATO um, have turned around and said, well, sorry, we're still going to um, treat you under the old rules and fine you and, and not give you the, um, the deduction. So there, there has been some commentary from senior people within the ATO that have said, um, no, look, we'll, we'll, we're going to administer this law as if it's come in. Mm. Um, which is interesting, but yeah, again, you can't do that because it's <laughs> it's not law. It's not so, law. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So that that one's interesting. Um, another one that's quite annoying um, is single touch payroll. Now, 
as uh, as we've discussed, single touch payroll is where you report uh, the pay details live to the ATO as you pay employees. Now, that came in on the 1st of July 2018 for employers that have 20 or more employees. So it, it, there's a few, there were a few teething problems and um, they've been smoothed out. But the rest of the business community, um, small business, they are supposed to kick in on the 1st of July 2019. That has not been legislated yet. So, mm. you know, here we are telling everyone you better start getting ready for single-touch payroll coming in on the 1st of July. And there's something like 700,000 businesses, that are, small businesses, that are going to be affected. Um, and one very interesting statistic that I could not believe was um, uh, 534,000 of those businesses have four or fewer employees. Mm. Um, so it's a, real, um, think, it's a real compliance nightmare for those guys. But do you think it has, it's something, it has, something that will get deferred? Look, I, if I was a betting man, I think it will be. Mm. Um, I, I just think the, the, um, there's just too much going on at the moment. Um, if you're looking at a, an election being called early next year, um, highly likely there'll be a change of government. That, you know, By the time you blink of an eye, you're going to get to April, May next year before mm. anything's done. I, I think it's going to be deferred um, for another 12 months. Mm. So I'll, I'll bet, you a, bet you a $5 beer on that one. <laughs> and the other one, <laughs> I think, which is very disturbing, I suppose, is the, uh, the $20,000... Uh, um, depreciation. Yeah, the the small uh, the instant uh, asset right off the small business. Now, yeah, so this has been around for a few years now, and it was supposed to expire on the thirtieth of June seventeen. It was expe- extended for another twelve months, um, and close to the thirtieth of June eighteen, it was extended for another twelve months to thirty June nineteen. But this is one of the um, uh, the the items on the list of legislation that has not actually yet been passed. So here we are now at the beginning of September. In the last two months, if someone has gone along and bought that $15,000 forklift thinking that they'll get a write-off in the June 19 return, well, you better hold your horses because it, it has not been legislated yet. So no. it's, it's, it's terrible. It's a really, you know, I, I, feel, I feel, I don't think I've felt this frustrated for, for many, many years when it comes to the, to the tax system. And, you know, people want certainty. There's, a, there's just too much of this hanging over us, you know, like the sword of Damocles. It's terrible. Yeah. And uh, you you made some comment earlier about the uh, drought assistance crowdfunding and the tax implications of that. Yeah, I, I, I saw a story that caught my eye recently, and that you know you never blame the media for reporting things incorrectly. But but there was a farmer up in Queensland who was whinging that um, he had um, he was going to pay ninety thousand dollars tax um, on some uh, some drought assistance of three hundred thousand that he'd received, and I, I just scratched my head thinking that cannot be right. And it and it kind of isn't. It kind of isn't. So I just thought I'd look into the the, the, the tax implications of your of your crowdfunding and drought assistance. So as we know, you know the farmers have been doing it tough. There's been a lot of campaigns around donating you know money to the mm, farmers. Mm. The, the, probably the most popular one that I've seen is buy a bale, buy a bale of hay for yeah. um, for farmers. That's a Queensland charity. So if you donate to that, it's it's definitely tax deductible. And it ends up going to the to the um, to the farmers, so that's that's not a problem at all. What the ATO have said though is, look, you know, with crowdfunding, um, it's not a tax deduction, right? So if you and mm-hmm. I decide to set up a crowdfunding um, platform and say, look, let's go and help, you know, the farmers, you and I are not a charity. We don't have a, you know, we don't have an ABN. We don't have a, a, a charity license at all. So, and let's say we're successful enough in in this example of raising $300,000 and we go and give it to a farmer in Queensland. Well, the ATO have pointed out that 300000 is actually accessible income to the farmer. Wow. All right? Okay. And that's what, that's what the story... Well, that's what the media latched onto and said, oh, they're going to pay 
$90,000 um, in tax. Well, that's not quite right because the farmer, I would imagine, highly likely, highly probable, they'll Expenses. spend that $300,000 in a feed and hay and you know supplies yeah, and all that sort yeah. of stuff because they're doing it tough. Yeah. So as the OTA turned around and said, well, if, if you're receiving it and then you're going to spend it on all of the things in running your business, well, you're not going to actually pay any tax, at um, all. tax on it. Mm. That's right. So it's assessable on one hand, but then when you go and spend it, you know, on farming um, activities. So the only way that story could have been right is if that farmer, um, A, did not have any carry-forward losses from the year before, and B, received the 300000 and did not spend it on... Anything. On anything, on it, on farming. Well, in that case, well, <laughs> I, I don't want to... A bit of well, tough does, love. Does he need the money? He didn't deserve it in the first place. So, right, right. so it was a bit of a beat-up, and, uh, yeah, social media, everyone latches onto these things, and and shares it and, and gets a, a, this addiction to outrage that uh, people have on these things. But, um, yeah, a, a few facts wouldn't go astray yeah. in clarifying what actually went on. Well, thanks for clarifying that, uh, Tony. Yeah. And we'll have a chat with you again next month or, or sooner if anything changes. We might have to set up a crowdfunding platform, you and I, to help with these poor accountants who are just in this total state of confusion. I think that sounds like a worthy cause. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good month. See you later. Bye-bye. Tony Vidro there helping us to understand yeah, that confusion is still there. I wonder when those uh, laws will get passed. Time to pop over for our Minute on Innovation with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And you're down in sunny Melbourne or is it raining Melbourne? Oh, it's, so it's trying to be sunny, rainy, everything <laughs> Melbourne. Today so, Melbourne. So you went to a Top Shots uh, breakfast this morning and you're going to yeah, give us a summary of it. Yep, sure. So we ran the Top Shots breakfast that we run in, in Newcastle. We ran that in Sydney, uh, in Melbourne today. Uh, and we had Roger Langston speak, um, Jessica Cons and Ben Cooper from Tricky Jigsaw. So I'll just run you through a few of the takeouts um, that the audience gathered from us. So all these businesses, they come from businesses that are award winners and they make time to think outside their, their normal business routine. So Roger um, is the marketing manager at Planet Innovation. His main message was, Take note of who's around you. Uh, and you know that old that thing that we talk about where you are the sum of the five people that you hang around? There are lots of people around us who can actually assist us in what we're doing. And he gave an awesome example about his son who plays basketball um, and how many expert coaches there are in his vicinity that he can grab onto. And when you're being coached, the whole idea is to listen. But one of the interesting things that Roger did talk about was they... Um, pick who they're going to work with at Planet Innovation. So he said they probably get 100 ideas every year. They might pick four of those to further develop. And he said it's always a matter of principle. It's around fitting in with what suits them. So every business needs kind of their own gauge of what they stand for and who they want to work with, what they want to do. And he he walked us through a process of idea, customer, product, business, market, and that's how they develop the concept of where they want to go. And we could potentially do a whole... Um, session on, on his methodology around that. Jessica Conser, I actually brought Jessica to Melbourne with me from Newcastle. She has the Crave app. Uh, and the thing that I get from Jessica is that she's always inventing. Her brain is never still. She's always improving. And she's just been awarded $100,000 from launch um, and a seat at their launch incubator in San Francisco. So she's heading off there for four months. Uh, but again, it brings us back to this whole notion of don't ask, don't get. Somebody flicked the application for the pitch um, past her, she undenied that whether she was going to do it or not. The, mm. the brain, her brain went, if I don't do it, 
um, then I don't get anything. If I do do it, the least thing I've done is practice my pitch, um, put myself up in front of more people. What do I have to lose? Anyway, she ended up winning it. She's off to San Francisco for four months. Never would have done it if she hadn't taken the opportunity to grow, to always wanting to improve. They've, they've said that, that it's, you know, like a Tinder for booties, but the whole idea behind the business is that she found a gap in the market as well. Mm. Ben Cooper, Tricky Jigsaw, also another, another topic that we could spend a whole week on, but he's divided. We, we often talk about the 80-20 rule. Ben's actually divided it into the 70-20-10 rule, where he says 70% of your time should be based on your strengths, 20% on your potential, and 10% should actually be you working up your what's possible. So what is possible for your business? And he broke that down further again. He said 70% of the time is your core. That's your core business. 20% is the adjacent businesses. And we've talked about adjacent businesses and opportunities in the past. Mm. And 10%, mm. again, is what, what can you do to transform? So what can you do with your business to be 10 times better? What can you do with your business to be at the lead of the next possible? So very interesting take on the on the my 80-20 rule. Um, here's 70-20-10 rule, which I'm really liking. Mm. Um, all around focus, exploring, taking chances, pushing yourself in that final 10%, but being really comfortable and focused in the early 70%. So, so uh, with those uh, those ideas, in particular the last one, where is where people are always thinking, is it because they they never switch off? Do they keep focused on their business twenty four seven? Or uh, I mean, because well, yeah. you know, finding time is always a big challenge, isn't it? Yeah. So we had a talk about that last night. Actually, Ben did a um, uh, he was part of a study where they they hooked him up, they had sensors on his brain to find out um, how active things were. He said he'd be very rarely shut down. He mm. was probably shut down for about 40 minutes out of 24 hours. Uh, and what that does, it's quite harmful to your cortisol. So there has to be... It, there's, it's not by accident that there's more people into yoga, more people into mindfulness, more people into walking, taking care of ourselves and actually realising that it's not self-indulgent. In fact, it's actually harmful to our businesses if we don't mm. take care of ourselves and we don't um, take that breathing space for our brain. Having said that, I know, and you must have the same thing, sometimes it's really hard to, switch to off. shut it off when yeah. you're so excited about something, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Or when you're worried, then there's a whole thing around worry and fear and that it doesn't actually get you anywhere. So what's the purpose behind yeah. worry and fear? Sure, sure. Great. Well, thanks for your time. You enjoy Melbourne. We'll, we'll catch up with you again next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Talk to you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with a few tips that came from her breakfast this morning in Melbourne. And, uh, yeah, it's always good to keep thinking of those new ideas, isn't it? And and take action. Where, you know, if something is presented, do something with it. Time for one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is lead confidently when you aren't feeling confident. When faced with a tough challenge, it's normal to feel uncertain and maybe even afraid. But it's hard to inspire your team to rise to the occasion if they sense that you're intimidated. You can project confidence by doing these four things. Firstly, demonstrate empathy for your team members. They want to know that you aren't out of touch with what they're feeling. Secondly, communicate your vision for the team and that tough challenge. People need to have a clear sense of where they're headed. Thirdly, set a direction for the team. Show them how you will reach the vision together. Finally, give people proof. They need a reason to buy into what you're telling them, so offer evidence for your direction and optimism. 
be specific, by be personal and reference the work that the team is already doing. This will build your team confidence and your own. So interesting comment taken from a book, How to Lead When You're Feeling Afraid by Peter Bregman. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at some of those challenges that accountants are having at the moment with uh, some of the laws that haven't been passed. Um, And uh, when you're in business, where did we go with some of this tax stuff? And we've also looked at some of those comments from uh, the Top Shop summary, particularly take uh, advantage of opportunities. Next week, we're going to chat with recruitment specialist Craig McGregor. Uh, We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina and some other business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as T.S. Eliot once said, only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.